hopefully uh, we had some tech issues on the other end and uh i'm hoping i'm not having tech issues on this end because that would be really bizarre that i wouldn't be encoding um but it's not showing it to me so who knows what's going on i'm just going to start the show i know i'm recording on this end and i guess if i have to repost on youtube see it's saying the same thing where's the feed they're saying what is going on it's it, it's telling me it's going over on youtube D damn it man i i knew it i knew something was bad what's going hopefully i didn't get kicked off of youtube um <laughs> weird so weird i, I don't want to i don't want to restart okay hold on maybe we're there maybe we're not it's it's kind of going saying 12 seconds not the way to start the show i want to talk about woody harrelson i want to talk about saturday night live there we are we're finally up on youtube so weird so weird okay we're there oh bizarre <clears throat> so good for woody harrelson <laughs> getting texts all streams on this side are good and pod is set up over here great great we only just wasted three minutes of reality grants that's all right oh only almost two hours to go guys and actually i have a ton of stories here but again let's start with woody here's the deal guys i want this video to stay on youtube now there are certain aspects of what woody harrelson had to say that i can't really make the comments i want on okay so what we're going to do is we're going to wait till the second hour, the premium hour over at redvoicemedia.com slash Jason. And there are several things about Saturday Night Live I want to show and talk about, including the fact that even though Woody Harrelson um, did a good job of going after big pharma and big pharma cartels later in the show, and by the way, it's kind of funny, I'm not going to lie, I, I laughed. Uh, several times, only watched the first uh, 45, 50 minutes, maybe the first hour of it, up up until like a sketch or two after Jack White performed. Okay, Five Timers Club. I, I'm glad I don't have to dislike Woody Harrelson after this. But they did a Cola Guard um, commercial. Okay, so it wasn't a live sketch. If you've seen the Cola Guard box, it actually it was a parody but not in the sense that they didn't use the real drug and the real logo and the real like um graphics everything and look if you don't know what Colagard is we're not trying to spread any spread any medical misinformation here but it's basically a test for colon cancer i've seen those ads all over the place but what i realized is every time i listen to it is that there are a ton of false positives all right and there are also false negatives so in other words it's it's obviously not 100 percent, but i question the efficacy of it and by the way you don't want false positives on cancer tests medical malpractice is still a big deal everybody you know what i'm saying and the amount of people that are falsely diagnosed and then treated with cancer in this country is also extremely alarming something that's not discussed so in that sense uh, great job woody and there's another clip that we can play on the other side can't play it here at youtube sorry where woody harrelson goes on not bill maher's show but on his podcast and they just talk for like a minute and a half and it's reasonable imagine that it's 
reasonable. Okay. So we're going to hit several stories uh, right now. I think they're all pretty important ones, but this, this is a big one. So I, I, I'm not a memer, but this did a good job of putting together all these different headlines. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians. Okay. By the way, this whole entire intro that he does, he does it in a way where he's kind of just pitching the idea that he's a pothead. Okay. That's it. Like it's, it's a funny pothead joke. It, it starts really early on, like in the beginning of the monologue, where he's talking about it's 2019, and he's hanging out by a tree in Central Park, about to smoke a doob-a-doober, a doob-a-loober. Well, well, we'll watch the monologue again, second hour premium. But then he says that he gets this script. And as you can imagine, it's this crazy script. I don't want to give away the punchline, but nobody would ever believe it in which the biggest drug car sales in the world got together, buy up all the politicians in the media, lock the entire population down, force them to use their drugs forever. He said, it's just too wacky. And then just so everybody knows, he never used the term V. He never used V for vendetta, right? And I'm surprised that they didn't try to invoke his Mickey Knox character and say he was going to kill more people than he did in that excellent film. I, I mean, that's one of the greatest collaboration films of all time. Um, at the time, Quentin Tarantino, a relative unknown, but that film, Natural Born Killers, there's, there's a few versions of it out there, is so poignant even today, speaking to the tabloid uh, society of today. Okay. So, in unison, the, the media makes his point. Rolling Stone, Daily Beast, Variety, HuffPost, all the same headlines. Ha, 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 ha. And, and was there some discomfort there while he was saying that? And, and the thing was, although he was moving along this timeline of joking around, smoking weed, talking about his wife, talking about forgetting stuff, et cetera, et cetera. You could tell the audience knew what he was going to be saying. Now, the cold open also um, had a Trump thing going on. And uh, I actually tweeted that out. And I said, when I saw it, first of all, the guy that's doing it is a lot younger. They got him in makeup. You know, they got him in actually pretty decent makeup where they don't make him look too old. Like I said, a younger guy. He's got the mannerisms and the voice of Trump down pat. Hands down. I mean, it was funny. Now, at the same time, it's about East uh, Palestine, right? In Ohio. And I saw somebody in my uh, feed say, you know, not so funny for the people that are affected by it. You're right. You're right. But to me, dark humor is still humor. And that whole bit wasn't going after the, the usual tropes that Saturday Night Life did. And, and by the way, like I said, I watched quite a bit of it. There, there wasn't a lot of politics in the episode that I saw. Maybe that changes as I go on, but it was, it was really like back to like, ha ha, funny, funny comedy. I laughed a few times. In fact, I'll say that, uh, last week or two, a couple weeks ago, I don't know when it was. I didn't watch the show, but I saw the, the Pasquale 
uh, guy who's huge now, right? This guy, Pasquale, he's everywhere. He's a good actor. I've seen him in stuff throughout the years, getting more and more roles. And they did this amazing bit about uh, basically a takeoff of, of what HBO has done with The Last of Us, and they make Mario Kart in this dystopian future. Fantastic. I love Mario Kart. Lots of inside jokes in there. Hilarious. Again, non-political. Good for him. Good for him. Good for them getting back to comedy because that's important. So like I said, second hour, we'll actually watch that, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason. If you just want to listen to it, remember, it's free over on Podbean streaming right now. Uh, but supporting the broadcast is big for us, 10 bucks a month or $100 for the year. Uh, lock it in. So there are a couple of stories that kind of coincide with this that I think are important. Because the reason that everybody's so uncomfortable and the reason that comedy is important is sometimes it's not so funny. It's pointing out how absurd we as human beings act collectively. That's kind of where you get stereotypes from and comedy that the vast majority of us can relate to. And, and I'm not talking about just racial or gender stereotypes. How dare you, Jason? How dare you? I'm talking about just stereotypes around where people live. Oh, he's from Boston, New York City, Florida man. Are we not are we not allowed to uh <laughs> do that? Is that dead naming comedy? So here are a couple just like absurd stories that for instance this one. Don't want to say it. George Mason University study shows DC's uh indoor you know what didn't work, really. Really? Shocker. Shocker. And then there's this one. Now, I want to make, I want to be real careful here. Because, again, I don't want this taken off. But then I'm going to show you a video of why this is so important. Think about right now. They're talking about the energy department. This is the Department of Energy. Let me repeat that. This is the Department of Energy. And as we've discussed before, the Department of Energy is very important because they help run covert programs that in the past have done human experimentation. Now, we know about some of the stuff, some of the horrific radiological experiments done on human beings. And what I'm going to show you is Bill Clinton admitting to this in 1995, okay, almost uh, 28 years ago, okay? Really, I mean, think about it, close to three decades ago. And and it should be, I, I mean, the, first of all, you have to skip to like 11, 12, 13 minutes into this thing, two, three minutes into Clinton speaking in, in the first place, because they're all just so raucous and joyous and patting each other on the back that they even got this done, this commission to look into this. We got something this thick that was a fraction of the crimes they committed against humanity. And guess what? They were never held accountable. And the energy department still is in on the big joke. So now, when I say that they say there's new intelligence, there's new intent, there's no new intelligence. That's Johnny nonsense. Based on new intelligence, they're going with lab leak. Okay, that's what the energy department is concluding. Now, 227, 2023. 
first of all, I'm going to be very careful again here. I don't posit lab leak. I don't like the fact that you either get zoological or lab leak. Like, there can be no intent by a malevolent force. All right? You're not allowed to posit a concerted effort by the world's most ruthless, psychopathic individuals of power out there. Can't say that. No, no, no. But the Department of Energy now can tell us they've got new intelligence, that it's not zoological. Now, I was positing to a buddy of mine uh, who actually works at MIT right now, is in the anti-aging field, got into it really in recent years as an older gentleman. He'll hate that I'm calling him older, but he's a bit older than me. And, you know, if I were to pick up a new career here in my mid 40s or later in my 50s, I would think that, you know, that's obviously a different choice. And um, if you watch the show, you know that I was showing you all these new hypes. Oh, no, zoological. Ooh, so many outbreaks. And this goes along with Earth 2100 and the Faucherini, right? And Eric Schmidt and James Woolsey of the CIA and our good friend Van Jones, John Podesta, another great guy, top-notch individual, all getting together telling you how the world is going to have all these cataclysms due to climate change. And one of them, of course, are zoological outbreaks. Now, I, I said, you know, I basically posted this saying, hey, get ready for the hype train. He goes, hey, this is a real thing. And I said, is it a real thing? Because they're still telling us from the authoritative sources that this thing is zoological. And, I, and then I, I went through why we know it's not zoological, this thing. And of course, now, if the energy department says it, is that okay? But but as long as you say it's a leak, leaky, leaky, cover upy, oopa doopity. So, <laughs> by the way, 159 people, let's get 100 thumbs up, everybody. Let's do it. Let's do it, do it, do it. Here's Bill Clinton. Here's old Slick Willie himself. You know, and, and I, you know, I was thinking about how I felt as a, a young man when, when Clinton was in office and how naive I was about the whole system. But you have to remember in, in the time period that he was president for me, for me, 92, right, up to 2000, those eight years of my life uh, as as far as like where we were in the country, what I was able to do and kind of my growth as a human being. I start as a teenager, literally just coming up as a teenager, and I, I end up almost drinking age by the end of it. I, I, I mean, I do end up drinking age by the end of it. And throughout that, there just seemed like there was so much opportunity. We weren't starting wars. 9-11 wasn't even a thought. In the background, there were a few things that were of concern, such as Oklahoma City and Waco. But Waco, I mean, Koresh was so demonized, you didn't even realize what was happening there. Okay? And then, of course, the first World Trade Center bombing. And I often posit, especially with the first World Trade Center bombing, 
If the people had done what they were supposed to do and taken out that entire column, I think that you would have had a head start like you wouldn't have believed, like you wouldn't have believed for the war on terror. Okay. I don't know how much difference that would have made, but, but otherwise, I mean, guys, gas was like under a buck a gallon. The, the internet boom was here. People were making money by the end of his presidency. The guy played the saxophone and went on Arsenio Hall for Christmas sakes. It's a lot of reasons on the surface levels to like the guy. And he was a good politician. I mean, that's why that's why the Iran Contra crew loved him so much, if you know what I mean. Hey, Slick Willie. I mean, if I had any idea, you know, I didn't even understand what a demon Bush senior was at this point, obviously. Okay. But here he is talking about that department of energy and this report. And again, I want, I want you to see what a good politician he is and, and how he eases into this. I mean, this is a root this thick. Oh, and the department of energy is just telling us now, wow, looks, looks Wuhan lab leaky. All right. <laughs> Uh, I, I do thank you so much for the work you have done. <clears throat> uh, let me tell you that just as this is an important part of uh, the efforts that Secretary O'Leary outlined, I saw this committee as an indispensable part of our effort to restore the confidence of the American people in the integrity of their government. All of these political reform issues, to me, are, are integrated. When I became the president, I realized we had great new economic challenges. We had profound social problems. That a lot of these things had to be done by an energized American citizenry. But that our national government had a role to play in moving our country through this period of transition. And in order to do it, we needed to increase the capacity of the government to do it through political reform. But we also needed, as much as anything else, to increase the confidence of the American people that, at the very least, they could trust the United States government. Been hearing a lot about trust lately, right? We got to restore trust in our institutions. Billy was trying to do that. Oh, we got to restore trust in the government. And by telling them how we experimented on them viciously without their knowledge, only in small part, and then exonerating those who did it, well, that's how we'll do it. What? To tell the truth and to do the right things. So you have to understand that for me, one reason this is so important is that I see it as part of our ongoing effort to give this government back to the American people. Senator Glenn's long effort to get the Congress to apply to itself the same laws it imposes on the private sector. Uh, the restrictions that I impose on members of my administration in high positions for lobbying for foreign governments. And when the lobby bill failed in the Congress, I just imposed it by executive order on members of the executive branch. Uh, all these efforts at political reform, it seems to me, are important. But none of these efforts can succeed unless people believe that they can rely on their government to tell them the truth and to do the right thing. We have declassified thing. thousands of government documents, uh, files from the Second World War, the Cold War, President Kennedy's assassination. Pre I mean, think about that. We're talking about 
President Kennedy's assassination in 1995. That's how vapid and empty everything he's saying is at its core. But as a politician, boy, he's he's winging them in. He's winging them in. He's got he's got everything to tell you about it. These actions are not only consistent with our national security, they are essential to advance our values. So to me, that's what this is all about. And to all those who represent the families who have been involved in these incidents, uh, let me say to you, I hope you feel that your government has kept its commitment to the American people to tell the truth and to do the right thing. We discovered soon after I entered office that with the specter of an atomic war looming like Armageddon, far nearer than it does today, the United States government actually did carry out on our citizens experiments involving radiation. Mm. Now, that's when I ordered the creation of this committee. Now, Dr. Faden and the others uh, did a superb job. They enlisted the many of our nation's most significant and important medical and scientific ethicists. They had to determine first whether experiments conducted or sponsored by our government between 1944 and 1974 met the ethical and scientific standards of that time and of our time. And then they had to see to it that our research today lives up to nothing less than our highest values. All right. So that's that again is a lot of padded Johnny nonsense. Okay, that's what that is. It's padded Johnny nonsense. First of all, we're talking about 44 during the World War. Okay? All the way to 74. Now, this is taking place in 95. That means the commission um, has been around for quite some time. So 20 years unaccounted for on what they're actually telling. They're only telling you pieces of it. Think about how he invoked Kennedy. I mean, my God. And now he's going to pad it for you that we're trying to keep these to ethical standards from then and now. And now he's going to have to admit, hey, maybe some of these things weren't so ethical. Really, Bill? Really, Bill? And our most deeply held beliefs. From the beginning, it was obvious to me that this energetic committee was prepared to do its part. We declassified thousands of pages of documents. We gave committee members the keys to the government's doors, file cabinets, and safes. For the last year and a half, the only thing that stood between them and the truth were all the late nights and hard work they had to put in. This report I received today is a monumental document in more ways than one. Look at the size of it. <laughs> Look at the size of this thing. <laughs> I mean, think about it. I mean, it's it's a, it's a bad joke to these people. Even then, they're just laughing in your face. Look at that. That thing is phone book size. Phone book size. But it is a very, very important piece of America's history. And it will shape America's future. And again, guys, I mean, that's the human radiation experiments. That's not the psychological ones. And that's what they're letting you know about. And that's 
74 to 44. It's 2023. Hmm. In ways that will make us a more honorable, more successful, and more ethical country. What this committee learned, I would like to review today with a little more detail than Dr. Faden said, because I think it must be engraved on our national memory. Thousands of government-sponsored experiments did take place at hospitals, universities, and military bases around our nation. Hospitals, universities, and military bases. Yes, they did horrific things to unknowing citizens at universities and hospitals without their informed consent. And no one paid the price. The goal was to understand the effects of radiation exposure on the human body. While most of the tests were ethical by any standards, some were unethical, not only by today's standards, but by the standards of the time in which they were conducted. Boom. That's where we can end that. We don't have to watch anymore. If you, you want to go watch the next 10 minutes of that crap, you can. It's, it's up there. It's in the public record. But just that admission alone in the phone book size document you're looking at, okay, that should give you a good idea. I see, and the prisons. You're damn right they did it in the prisons. You're damn right they did it in the prisons. Oh, man, that makes me upset. Uh, it, uh, you know, it's almost like where do I go from here because there's so many stories that I have to hit up. Okay, so many stories. I want to hit this one up quick. Just so everybody knows, there's never going to be an Epstein list. There was never an Epstein list. The only Epstein lists out there are the lists that intelligence agencies have gathered via their asset Epstein over the decades he worked for them. And those lists include who he did business with and then who he compromised uh, via video, sexually, or photographs, sexually, um, whether with adults or children. All right? All that is, the, that runs the gamut of Epstein. Okay? And, and then they also have, again, lists of his business dealings and his fronts and probably his arms dealings. So, again... Those are the only lists you're ever going to get. I see the people in my comment section and Twitter section. The list, the list exists. It's just larger than everybody would imagine. No, no, no. There is no list. There will be no list released. Okay, now, as you can see, as we check every day, this was updated at 5.30 a.m. Eastern. Today, there are no new documents in this court case. When the new documents are unsealed that people are reporting as a list that doesn't exist come out, I will be one of the first ones to report on it and look at those documents with you, I promise. Now, there's a story in particular I want to grab here um, involving Jim Carrey. Okay, and why is this an important story? 
because I keep seeing other lists that are completely made up and that are not real all over the place and sometimes posted by people I really like. And I've seen this fake flight log list. It's not real, guys. If you want the real flight logs, they've been around for a very long time and there are scans of them. If you are retweeting anything that is not a scanned document with a court number on it, you are probably being played. And I, as a longtime Epstein researcher, can tell you I have seen zero connections between Jim Carrey and Jeffrey Epstein ever, ever. Now, I don't know who this YouTuber is, never seen anything by him, but you can't go around just accusing people of things you saw via a fake meme. That's how you get sued. Okay. And whether this guy has a pot to piss in or anything to lose doesn't matter. You discredit yourself when you pass Johnny nonsense around like this. And that is why we are focused on real people, real names, real actions, especially in the Epstein case. And that's why, uh, you know what, we, we're going to take just a, a little funny detour, but it's not funny. It's kind of dark humor because when, when you do things sometimes without thinking, without really doing the research yourself, or you make a mistake. I mean, I, some of us, I've made mistakes. You're damn right I have. And I'll always admit to that. Okay. When there are mistakes made, it's time to, to fess up. Now, I've expressed my opinion on the Alex Jones case, the defamation cases. Um, I, again, I'm hoping that he actually wins his appeals. I do think that, especially in the judgments, right? I do think, um, you know, according to the law, there may have been some defamation payouts to individuals that he did name. But if there were any justice, it would be much, much smaller judgments. I mean, much, much smaller judgments. The, the cases would have allowed him to defend himself, which he didn't, which is extremely dangerous. I mean, so, dangerous to everybody. It sets the worst precedent, okay, that a judge can just say, no, you're guilty. You're not allowed to defend yourself. What? Like, you're, you, you've defaulted. Whoa, whoa, that's bad. But now it's gone to the absurd. They're coming for AJ's cat. All right. I know. I know. We're, we're, it's dark humor day here over at uh, Reality Rants. I can't make this up. Let's just play the clip. Okay. So this is not a joke. This is real. And this really happened. And I just got home tonight with my family. So my wife's shooting this video. I'm in a bankruptcy hearing, personal and corporate for InfoWars, and the Justice Department is involved and asked me to be, ordered me to be at a hearing today. And they spent 
probably five minutes of the meeting that was over three hours long on my cat. Well, this is Mushu, my five-year-old daughter named Mushu this two years ago. And they wanted to know if assets were hidden. The cat was like $2,000. And it is a ragdoll cat, and we really do love it. But they were very serious about the cat and its value, and they may want the cat for the Sandy Hook families. So the deal's broke. You guys aren't getting the cat. Uh, this is next level. This is harassment. No one's ever heard of this. My lawyer's never heard of this. Uh, this is just insane. And I mean, what, do you want my children next? Do you want to like sacrifice my children or something? So so this cat is really sweet. My daughter really likes the cat. Uh, he's a little bit tired of me holding him. But I mean, here he is. This is, this is. this is the terrorist right here that they want. And this is the reality uh, that we live in here in America in 2023, Justice Department hearings with people laughing in the background when they say, we want your cat. And it was kind of like that woman on the grand jury in Georgia, like, I wanted to put, get Trump under my control. And, and they're literally like, tell us about your cat. You know, what's your cat's value? They're trying to like stir me up or something. It doesn't stir me up. It makes me really upset uh, for this country. They're mad. They don't have these billions of dollars they claimed I did just because they lied. The media and said I had these things. It's not real. And now they want my cat. Ladies and gentlemen, the line in the sand is you cannot have the cat. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, look at his face while he says it too. It's, it's beyond absurd. Again, you know, ha had this not been, I mean, I guess, Everybody expected it with Alex Jones to become the circus that it did again out of a total tragedy. Like, like talk about dark humor, man. And I, that's about as dark as it gets, right? I mean, the human experimentation stuff, extremely dark, dead children turns my stomach. You know, I, 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 uh, I came across a video. I must've been added in or some, somewhere in my feed. Where something, again, I, I don't know the language, I don't know the politics, Nigeria, but just a dude just gets gunned down. I don't like watching that stuff. And then, you know, they drug his body. Apparently, I didn't even watch it because apparently it was to a well um, with a bunch of other bodies in it. Like, I, that's, oh, and that's not what I want to focus on. I mean, we're just in the post-truth world and so many things are, are beyond absurd that it, it's, it's hard to know where to draw the line. And when it comes to comedy, I don't know that there is a line to be drawn if it is funny. If it is funny, right? Something to think about. Still don't have 100 thumbs up. And by the way, if you're watching on Rumble, let's hit the heart button. Let's share this with everybody. Uh, I love that everybody is sharing. I do want to remind people that uh, you can subscribe over on Rumble as well. We're over at Red Voice Media, okay? over at the Rockfin, we're on Twitter. You can watch this stuff over at BitChute and Band.Video after the fact. We're everywhere. We're all over the place. All right. So I'm gonna try to go down the line. Really a lot of stories. I meant to say this a few days ago. This is my good friends over at Truthstream Media, but we are at a point where everyone needs to get the oldest print dictionary they can find. I've been doing that for the last year, two plus, right? We we actually did the the uh, Charlie Brown Child's Dictionary. 
I've got a couple of, uh, I believe, Webster's dictionaries. And whenever I see a really old dictionary, I buy it. And this is, of course, uh, in regards to the idea that they're now rewriting and censoring, censoring the James Bond books, Ian Fleming's work. And now that makes me want to collect them and actually read them as, you know, a lot of the things that were projected even then through entertainment and entertainment of the day were a precursor and predictive programming to what we're seeing today. Okay. So I, again, unbelievable, and it seems very bizarre, but this is a real story. I want people to check this out. Um, this is a Pemex. That's a, that's a serious fire. When I see something like this, where it says, quote, three uh, fires broke out on Thursday at different facilities in Mexico and the United States, huh? Operated by state-owned Mexican oil company, Pemex, leaving five missing and eight other injuries as of Thursday evening. And I was like, that can't be real. Oh, it's real. How, I, I mean, am I... Am I kooky? Am I, am I wacky? To be like, why isn't this a huge story if this happened on Thursday? Right? Or, or I mean, oh, it's Monday. I barely saw this or heard about this. And, and are we talking about some kind of, I don't know, espionage? Three different facilities in one day? What is that? I mean, is that just, I mean, is that just dumb luck or is that just so in your face that the powers that shouldn't be the true cartel class is just doing whatever they want, whenever they want and being like, must be a coinky dink. Uh-oh. Who knew? Weird. Weird. Bizarre. Bizarre, folks. All right, let's continue down the line. Another bizarre story. And one that I can't believe I don't know more about. Um, I'm hoping that some other people might have some insight. I, I actually asked for some insight in this story because it's just, it's so weird. Man and 15-year-old arrested in the shooting of nine children at a gas station. And I don't think there were any fatalities. There's so many questions I have about this story. Okay, but we're, we're just going to read what's in here. Okay. Two people, including a teenager, have been arrested and charged in connection with the shooting of nine children at a Georgia gas station last week. Columbus police were called to a Shell station just after 10 p.m. on February 17th when they found nine juveniles suffering from gunshot wounds. All nine victims, which included a five-year-old boy, were taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Like, did these guys go up to these kids and like shoot them in the feet or the leg or the arm one at a time? What is this? Officers have now arrested D'Angelo Robinson Sr., 35, and a 15-year-old boy for the shootings. The teenage suspect's identity has not been released because he is a juvenile. Robinson is facing eight counts of aggravated assault, and the teen is facing one count of aggravated assault. Aggravated assault? These people have gunshot wounds. 
Investigators also said the 15-year-old is a known gang member. I mean, officials say more charges are expected. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, again, what what's going on here? Nine, nine, a five-year-old boy was shot. What is going, man? If anybody can find me any more info on this one, um, please DM me about it. It's something we're going to be following. Any way you slice it, this should be in the national news. Okay, but it's not part of that great narrative that they're selling you on. Nope. Oh, how Reuters used air tags to reveal Dow's false recycling promises. Okay. So basically, um, Reuters did at me. And by the way, this is uh this is concerning, but it, it it's good and bad at the same time. I'm gonna tell you why. All right. Number one recycling for the most part is a gag it's a joke i'm sorry guys eight there's a gr- and, and by the way i don't agree with everything that penn and teller has done i remember penn and teller had that great show bullshit they attacked 9-11 truth you know i i just heard there was somebody in via the glenn beck network that was attacking loose change and saying that we all said it was fake or not fake my movie stand up fabled enemies loose change final cut i'll debate anybody on 9-11 no problem, especially anybody over at the Blaze. Please come get some. Well, I'd love to have the conversation. I'm going to be civil. I'm going to come with the receipts. But recycling, for the most part, is it's an industry to to fool you. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be doing it. Okay, that we shouldn't be reusing and recycling things that we can. But for the most part, it's it's just high level virtue signaling. And it's not as efficient as you may think. There are better things that we could be doing. And basically, they put these air tags, okay, on these uh, on these things that were supposed to be recycled to see if indeed they were, right? And uh, you know, Dow was claiming they were recycling all this other. Sh- no, of course not. It's Johnny nonsense. So, so what's the negative on this? Well. I think the negative is to try to put, push not only the green agenda, but more companies into this and then scaring them into actually doing it. And the bigger companies like Dow, it's, they, they just keep won't doing it. You know, they'll, they'll just pay a fine here and there and the other ones will be put out of business. See how that works? So a tad, a tad bit of danger. A tad bit of danger. Ah. <sighs> In actual good news, Harvey Weinstein, sentenced to 16 years after rape conviction, putting former mogul behind bars for life. Yes, that's about it. That's a wrap. Unless he gets his appeals, which I really hope he does not. This shows you that you can think you have power. You can exert power over a lot of people. You can do really bad things that are disturbing and disgusting. And you may get away with it for a very long time. You may get away with it for your whole entire life, but but if you're just a mid-level minion and you've committed so many egregious crimes that it just can't be stopped, you can be sacrificed. Yeah, you can be sacrificed, Harv. If you're just running an operation, Operation Hollyweird, sorry. 
And but it takes a lot. That is a very powerful person. It shows you that individuals can make a difference. You know what? Weinstein is really an extension of the Epstein case. The Epstein case is much more egregious, right? Because of the bodies left in its wake and how much has been hidden from us. But I guarantee you a lot has never come out via the Weinstein case too. Okay, period. But hey, you know, uh, when someone like this actually goes to prison, good, good. Hope it sends a message to the rest of the evil mother truckers out there. And speaking of evil mother truckers, we just did the bad Irish accent. So apparently um, the woman who accused Conor McGregor of punching and kicking her and she felt like he, she was going to be killed and then jumped off a boat and was allegedly rescued by Red Cross, um, said that she had her car set on fire in Dublin. Oh, how about that? Nothing to see here. Oh, nothing to see here, Boyle. We'll, we'll, we'll do what we will. Apparently, there was also some questionable things that may have happened at her home. I don't want to get anything wrong. Just reading the headlines here. And drop the case. And drop the charges against McGregor. Hmm. Right on, right as he's back on television with the UFC and the tough thing. Apparently, there's a, a new video of him drunk, too. Being a really good guy. Good role model for the kids. Uh, and look, again, adults going to adult. And this isn't some kind of tabloid show. But we all know why I harp on that. It's a microcosm. Again, that's who they promote. But guess what, Connor? One day they might burn you. One day all the car fire bombs that may or may not happen coincidentally in the world can't say, save you from the court of public opinion. That's why information is power. This is just a guy that's making a lot of money for a lot of people, billions in some regards, believe it or not. That's the kind of draw he is globally for the Disney, WME, ESPN gang show. It's a gang show. Talk about the real gangsters, okay? So we'll keep going down the line. We got about 11 minutes, guys, and then we're going to be at redvoicemedia.com slash Jason. Got a few more videos that I'm probably going to play. I, maybe we'll, we'll save some videos for tomorrow because we did just have such a jam-packed show full of uh, information today. You think it's a cartoon that we live in? You bet. Talk about dark humor. This is a dark humor episode of the day. Dark humor episode of the day. And, that, and that's why we're going to do the uh, Saturday Night Live stuff on the other side. Okay. So when I saw this, um, this is this woman's real Twitter. This is really that woman. There she is posting a picture of her from Instagram. She's a designer. That's her dress. Um, had her luggage stolen. And this psychopath is wearing it. He's a psychopath. Okay. It's what he is. Somebody that should be in prison. All right. Now, now prison for the, I'm on a redemption arc. I'm not saying put away for the rest of his life, but this is a perpetual thief. This is a psychotic. 
somebody is going to steal again and again and again and again and again. And it's that type of sociopath that's only concerned with themselves that they had running. Wait, what was he? Oh, the Department of Energy. What is the Department of Energy? The DO. Oh, the Department of Weird. We talked a little bit about the Department of Energy today, didn't we? That's the kind of guy they want there. That guy. <laughs> Figure it out, folks. Figure it out. Now, um, this one here is a clip that we'll probably play on the other side when we do. But what I need people to understand is the madness is still happening. It's a school of visual arts in New York City. They're still not letting you in if you, you didn't buck up. You didn't boop it and boop it. You didn't boop boop. You understand? Still going on. And SVA was one of those schools, at least for me as a kid, that I really wanted to go to. Um, it, it was definitely, uh, along with a few others, it was the Art Institute of Philadelphia at, at the very end that I really wanted to go to. Because and as a kid, before computers, I got the grays, guys, starting to show now how old I am, 43 years young, no Photoshopy till later. I didn't learn that until college. And really, when I went to college, I thought I was going to learn that kind of stuff, computer graphics. And really, it was just going to be art and cartooning and a really like comic book style art. That's what I loved. You know, telling stories and uh, comic books visually was something that was very appealing to me. Okay, so when I see, and I, and I end up knowing a lot of people that went to SVA uh, for fashion as well. SVA is a big school. And I mean, hey, like I said, it's still happening in New York, guys. Still going down. They don't care. They're taking it downtown like Charlie Brown. This is probably uh, a good story to go over here. Okay. This one is uh, pretty important. Okay, let's just play this because this is an ex-cop telling you uh, again how 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 vicious human beings can be. Period. Three things I would never do after being a child abuse detective. Hi, my name's Christy. I was a child abuse detective, a specialist child interviewer. So I interviewed children who had been abu sexually abused and abused, uh, getting the evidence for court and a police officer for 10 years. Here are the three things that I think every parent should be really mindful of. And um, if you have young children, uh, definitely wouldn't do after my experience as a police officer. Number one is blindly trust anyone. This includes your parents, grandparents, partners, friends, uh, friends, husbands, partners, uh, cousins, other children. Uh, this is everyone. Uh, we, after the thousands of kids I've spoken to, the the number of people I have heard from, both on this app on other apps, I just think that we need to remember that our children's safety is our responsibility to look after. Trust anyone, even if nothing happened to you with that person as a child. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't necessarily mean it won't happen to your child. Number two is sleepovers. Again, uh, children are vulnerable. They don't always have the language or the skills or the confidence to help themselves when or to, to get help if something happens. So sleepovers, um, unfortunately, again, uh, have were one of the number one things that uh, 
Um, I saw people and other children getting abused. So definitely sleepovers are a no-no until children get older. Number three is allowing your child unrestricted, unsupervised access to the internet. Uh, especially, there's so many things. We know this, but yet use it as a babysitting device. And in my experience, I saw children who were um, given unrestricted access as, as young children and they were exposed to pornography, they were groomed online. And then, you know, not to mention they're seeing inappropriate content, which actually impacts their mental health and impacts their future learning. It impacts their, um, you know, potential for abusing other children. Or um, it. There's so many reasons why we, I'm not saying don't give them access. I'm saying restrict it and supervise it. Um, definitely, it should never be a free-for-all. For young children under 8 to 10 years old, they should be sitting in the lounge room with parents around. They shouldn't be on there in their devices on their room. They There's so many things. I've written a book about it, guys. Um, I wrote everything I know down in a book called Operation Kids Safe, a detective's guide to child abuse prevention. So we'll end it there. You get the idea. This woman knows what she's talking about. And I'm just letting you know, these people exist. And for some reason, they don't go to prison for the rest of their lives. Here's a judge telling it like it is to a horrific child molester. Mr. McConvicted ever pleaded guilty to a sexually oriented child victim offense. As such, you will be a tier three registrant for your lifetime with in-person verification every 90 days. Failure to register, failure to verify residence at the specified times, or failure to provide notice of a change in resident address or other required information as described above will result in criminal prosecution. <clears throat> this court is so sick and tired of seeing adults ruin and abuse children. These are literally just one step from being babies. They come to a daycare, those parents struggle so that when they release their children to someone during the day, they have some semblance that that child is gonna be protected and safe. Not let alone two of their children being raped by your own admission, sir. For sexual gratification, you violated a four-year-old and a six-year-old. I do not know at this time what the total ramifications will be for those two young children, but there isn't anybody who doesn't understand now. The developmental phases of children take place from zero to six years old. You can't even know what damages you've done for sexual gratification. This to me is so mind boggling that you used and abused two little children like they're, they're, they're inconsequential beings. Those are human persons with human dignity. The mere fact that they're small little people that can't fight off adults, that's why an adult left them with adults. I'm gonna tell you something, Mr. McFadden, there's no free rapes in my courtroom. On count one, I'm sending you to prison for 11 years. On count four, I'm sending you to prison for 11 years. They will be consecutive to each other for a total of 22 years. You have 32 days jail credit. 
Um, at this time, the court finds it necessary to protect the public from future crimes, to punish the offender, and to find that consecutive sentences are not disproportionate to the seriousness of the offender's conduct and to the danger the offender poses to the public. Folks, if you see it, you smell it, you know it's happening, you report it. These are little children that are the future. I hate to sound so cliche, but the children are our future, and if we're destroying them, we have no future. And this ends in this courtroom. That'll be all. Uh, fines and costs are waived. I'll tell you right now, you can only hope that 22 years was the max and that he doesn't survive another 22 years. Let's be honest. You don't want that person anywhere near children ever. And, and, and either of those violations should have cost him life in prison, period. Okay. We're getting ready to go over to the second hour. We're going to start with a short with Bill Maher and Woody Harrelson talking. Then we're actually going to play the Woody Harrelson monologue. Then we're also going to play the Woody Harrelson Cola Guard commercial. Maybe we'll play the actual Cola Guard commercial first as well. Got a couple more clips. You're going to want to come over to redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. I'm going to start saying goodbye to all the other broadcasts over here. Uh, Rockfin, I love you. You'll be seeing stuff this week, I promise. YouTube, you know the drill. Uh, had some had some hiccups, had some bumps in the beginning, but hopefully everybody enjoyed the broadcast. Remember to come on by redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored or Podbean. You can listen for free over on Podbean right now. Second hour is always free over there. And then there'll be a new premium video released today from two weeks ago over at redvoicemedia.com as well. Okay, uh, XSplit, that means we'll see later Twitter. And then Rumble, same deal. Same deal. Come on over. Come on over to redvoicemedia.com. And uh, the premiums, they're going free every two weeks. Or please support the broadcast for $10 a month. All right, let's get it underway. Let's just make sure that we are good to go, which we are right on time as always. They do a great job over in the production room over at redvoicemedia.com. And so I want to I want to set this up really quick. This is Bill Maher in his I think it's Club Random is his podcast. Club so so Club Random of you, Bill. Is the CDC promoting that we have to do all of these things, right? I just, I don't like profiteering in war, you know? Right. Think of the billions of dollars that have gone to big pharma. But I'm, I was getting back to my original point. The last people I would trust with my health is big pharma and big government, because neither one of those strike me as caring entities. Spoken you know? as the perfect redneck hippie. <laughs> really, if that message doesn't, they, the they're notes, all about profit. Exactly, they're all about profit. And both sides and know that. It's the profit they've made. I think they've done a lot of studies about vitamin D and how important it was when the people who had low levels they were much more um, vulnerable to COVID. Why not yeah. tell people that? Can't yeah. you make money selling vitamin D? Is it that kind of, what's the well, worst that could but, happen? But that's just it, man. There was only one thing, you know, the ivermectin got made into a, you know, horse tranquilizer, uh, a horse 
whatever it is. Which it is, but also... It's not a tranquilizer. It's an anti-parasitic for horses to get this wrong. And look, again, Bill Maher doesn't get it. He doesn't get it, man. Oh, we could make money off vitamin D. No, this, this was it. This is their great reset agenda. This is biomedical fascistic global tyranny. That's what Woody's describing right now. Oh, no, no. There was only one thing. Used by humans. Uh, used by millions and millions. millions of years. Uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine got uh, made ridiculous. Um, and there was only one thing that could work, and that's the vaccine, right? And so ultimately, because of that, billions of dollars was made. This is worse than that. We all know what happened. They were able to institute systems of command and control in rapid fashion in westernized countries to try to legitimize DARPA-driven hate and lies injections. That's what they did. Okay? That's what they did. And you know what? This is, this is actually a pretty good segment of who these people are. You know, let, let's add to what Woody said, and then we're gonna go to the Saturday Night Live uh, monologue. Joining me now is Ned Ryan, American CEO. Ned, great to see you tonight. It seems that the goal of uh, this crowd is to, to kind of create the same panic about climate change that they successfully created around COVID. Do I have this wrong? No, you have it correct. I mean, first of all, we have to accept that the World Economic Forum is a fanatical political organization that uses fear and manipulation like COVID hysteria, like the hoax of global warming, to really facilitate people thinking that somehow they're the saviors, but really all you're doing is helping them accomplish their goal, which really is a global public-private fascist movement and fusion of big government, big tech, big money, to create a technocratic ruling elite, which conveniently is them. And, and really, Laura, if you wanna look at it a different way too with the World Economic Forum, they want to create feudalism 2.0 in which we are serfs and they are the lords ruling over us. You'll, you'll have nothing and be happy is one of the, the things that comes out of Davos. That's what they're aiming for. They're aiming for feudalism in which we are serfs and, and we should be happy that they are, are ruling over us. Now, I wonder how, Ned, the people of West Virginia feel about what one of their own senators said in Davos today. Watch this. The problem that we have is the open press system and basically all the platforms. So if you're able to have five platforms, social platforms, that you can basically um, personify the extremes. And it seems like that is the majority speaking. They're not the majority, but they're basically driving everybody to make a decision. Instead, what really happens with that is that when social media is taken over by the majority and it's not their narrative, that's dangerous. And when people who are indifferent all of a sudden become mobilized by information they weren't aware of and it gains momentum, that's a problem. Free press system that, listen, all these social media companies have long since become not just editors, but Trojan horse civilian systems for a corrupt 
military industrial complex gone global. That's what they've done. This is all outside of the Constitution and Bill, Bill of Rights masquerading as the free speech of private companies. My Arnis. My Arnis. All right. That being said, what we're going to do right now is we are going to go to the Saturday Night Live clips. I don't want to uh, go to more than we have to. Although, again, they kind of picked on the left, too. We might have to do the Trump monologue because it was really good. Um, But we're going to do the Woody monologue for sure. Start to finish, much like we did the uh, monologue with Dave Chappelle. So here it is. Woody Harrelson, and they should have given, I guess they give it to him at the end of the show, but this was his fifth time hosting SNL. God bless him. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Hello, you beautiful people. And and you ugly people, too. No, I just, uh, this country seems so divided, beautiful, ugly, black, white, blue, red. I love everybody. Maybe because I'm a redneck hippie. Uh, You know, the red in me thinks you should be allowed to own guns. The blue in me thinks squirt guns. (laughs) So I'm red and blue, which makes purple. Uh, God forbid he tried to reach out to both sides in the beginning, too. I mean, again, yeah, and he's wearing, if you didn't notice, purple. I'm purple. So this is my fifth. And not pimp purple either. Kind of almost blue purple, but just purple enough. Time doing s and Oh, And you know what that means. <laughs> No jacket. Okay. Um, The last time I did SNL was around Thanksgiving 2019, three years ago. And you would not believe what happened after the show. See, again, he kind of leads with it here. Now, I'm not going to lie. We're going to go through a bunch of comedy. And and really, the punchline of like a five-minute monologue or so is the part about the cartels. But notice he sets it up here. And he keeps it on everybody's mind throughout, which I liked. I thought was strong. The next day, it was a Sunday, as it always is the day after I do Saturday Night Live. (laughs) It's like a pattern, I noticed. Anyway, I went walking in the greatest part of this city, Central Park, leaned against a tree, and started to read the craziest script. Okay, full disclosure, I smoked a joint first. See, slips that in there. The craziest script. The reason I like herb more than alcohol is because it makes me feel good, no hangover, and I never wake up covered in blood. (laughs) But regardless, I have decided to quit smoking pot altogether, and I'm sticking with it till after the show. (laughs) Simple joke, used many times. Easy to get applause, Woody. Well played, sir. Well played. Yeah, last week in Austin, I was talking with my friend Nick, and we have a lot in common. He wrote True Detective, and I was in True Detective. I'm vegan, and all the animals he eats are vegan. 
I, I like that shout out to the True Detective. Can we talk about True Detective here? You think his buddy Nick might know a little bit about high level human trafficking and the occult? You think Woody Harrelson, who starred in that show, and that was what it was about, might have had some conversations with Nick, who put the Franklin scandal in the third season? Hmm, I wonder. Uh, anyway, I was complaining about how I start smoking around noon and get progressively dumber as the day unfolds. Forget basic words, simple objects, e, t, cetera. And I, I was hoping that the wifey poo might say, oh, no, that's not true. But instead, she says, at least you're aware of it. <laughs> and I say, well, that that doesn't feel like much consolation. She says, Think of all the dumb people who don't know they're dumb. You're ahead of them. <laughs> and, you know, even he even just like plays the I'm just a dumb stoner guy. Everything I'm saying is a joke. I'm just a dumb stoner guy. Thanks, hon. Uh, but on top of the herb, I'm a wee bit of a, are we a bit of a drinker? <laughs> I don't know why I went Irish there. Right, anyway, but, but in a personal triumph last year i had seven months with no alcohol and five glorious months anyway what were we talking about oh, oh yeah i was telling you about that script mm -hmm. so uh i blaze a fatty which uh you know i i got in la at, at my dispensary the woods you notice keeps coming in with that script middle the whole bit revolves around the punchline that he got attacked for. Woody Harrelson's a smart guy. I mean, obviously, I didn't <laughs> transport the herb from California to New York because that's highly illegal. <laughs> My manager, Jeremy, did. Yeah. He, he muled it from L.A. Uh, yeah, he's speaking of Jeremy. He's here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> he brought drugs from L.A. <laughs> he newly single, ladies. Very handsome. I know he would prefer <laughs> that I talk about our movie Champions. It's coming out in two weeks. <laughs> it's comedic masterpiece, but I'm not here to sell Champions. It's, it sells itself. Projections, projections have it making more than Avatar, but whatever. I'm no salesman, you know. I don't. Uh, where was I? Yeah, okay. No, so three years ago, Central Park, Sunday morning, the Lord's Day, trying to resist the temptation to puff too early in the day. Of course, I succumb. Like a lot of people, I have a devil on one shoulder, and on the other shoulder, I have a larger, more frightening devil. And there's a battle going on in here, you know. I, I'm just, I'm just saying that I am many different things: anarchist, Marxist, Marxist, ethical hedonist, non-discriminatory empath, epistemological deconstructionist. Big words. Texan. <laughs> but back to the tree in Central Park in that script. Put yourselves in my place. Lay the curve of your neck against the roots of the tree. What, what kind of tree was it? I mean, what kind of trees they have in Central Park? Oh, yeah, it was a palm tree. <laughs> so lay, lay your head on the palm 
fire up a hooter from Jeremy <laughs> and start reading. Okay, so the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes and people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is gonna believe that crazy idea of being forced to do drugs? I do that voluntarily all day long. Anyway, it's about that time. That's it. And you just slicked into it. You see how you, in New York especially, you hear how uncomfortable they were? That was an uncomfortable truth. And like I say, tease the whole thing was brilliant. Go Woody. Loved it, Woody. Killed it. All right. I want to show a Colaguard commercial. Colaguard commercial. And then we're going to show you, because again, you know, he did a good job taking on Big Pharma there. But I but I ask myself when, when I see the Colaguard commercials, okay, whether or not, and again, funny, funny commercial, whether or not we should even be having these things on television period okay it's come in all sizes like little walks and getting screened for colon cancer that's big because when caught in early stages it's more treatable hey cola guard hi i'm non-invasive and i detect altered dna in your stool to find 92 percent of colon cancers even in early stages early stages yep it's for people 45 plus at average let me just stop this it says do not use cola guard if you have had uh and Adenomas, adenomas have inflammatory bowel disease and uh, certain hereditary syndromes or personal or family history of uh, colorectal cancer. Why would you not use it if you had that history? Like, risk for colon cancer, not high risk. False positive and negative results may occur. Ask your provider if Cologuard is right for you. Not a replacement for a colonoscopy colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. Now, false negative and false positive results. Why, why would I ever want to do that? I mean, I think that that's a valid question. The, 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 this shows the partnership with, I mean, NBC, right? And Big Pharma right here. I mean, get, don't get me wrong. This is going, this is a funny sketch, but at the same time, they're promoting the actual graphics and colon test. So let's go to it right now. And they're making it even more fun. I mean, the commercials are already like, ha ha, fun, fun. Right. So let, let's go. I think this is my way. I'm over 45. I realize I'm no speaking. I know what's right for me. I got a plan to which I'm sticking. My doc wrote me the script. Box came by mail, showed up on Friday. I screened with Colaguard and did it my way. Colaguard is a one-of-a-kind way to screen for colon cancer that's effective and non-invasive. It's for people 45 plus at average risk, not high risk. False positive and negative results may ask your provider for Colaguard. I did it my way. So again, no reason for commercials for this stuff. This should be um, given as an option via your healthcare providers. Sorry. Like, I, I mean, I get this isn't a drug, it's a test. But to me, it's still part of big pharma. Like, like this isn't like a pregnancy test. This is telling you whether you have cancer or not. 
kind of a big deal. So again, I, you know, I, I love, I love Woody and this is a funny sketch, but I mean, it's kind of weird to me that it's not like they, you know, they didn't spell it different. They used the actual cola guard. If you're over 45, that means it's time to start screening for colon cancer. And there's no easier way to do it than with Colagard. The simple, efficient box delivered straight to your doorstep. Oh, hello. Can I help you? Hi, I'm Colagard, a non-invasive way to screen colon cancer at home. I am. My doctor ordered you. That's right. Because I'm safe, easy to use, and I find 92% of colon cancers. So, again, he actually gets, the, first of all, they bring in the doctor thing, right? Right away. The doc, the doctor. Well, that's fine. Listen, if a doctor ordered this for you, that's great. What I don't like is the advertisements. And notice the advertisement was put in there. We find 92% of colon cancer. Okay, cool. How's it work? I just need to collect a sample. So open me up and, you know, go inside me. In Inside you? Yeah, just go inside me. It's okay. I like it. Are you going to look at me like that while I do it? Sure. I'm just smiling because I love my job. And I love what you're about to do to me. Yeah, well, I don't love that you have a face and a little mouth. And a name. I'm Thomas. Why do I hate knowing that? Come on. It's fun for both of us. You get the satisfaction of knowing you're doing everything you can to protect the health of your colon. And I get another kind of satisfaction. So go ahead. Unloading me. Hey, why is the UPS guy watching? He's just waiting to collect the sample after you're done. Yeah, so go ahead. Unleash. I, I really don't feel comfortable doing this in front of you guys. Would you feel more comfortable going in me? Unloading on a little woman like me? Would that make you feel like a real man? Now, this thing is going to go more viral than maybe any of their other commercials. This is huge marketing for them. I just want to point that out. My God, no, I, I just want to be screened for colon cancer. Then go ahead. Destroy me, Daddy. Blow my box open. Yeah, I want to see you blow that box wide open. This is sick. Yeah, but not sick from colon cancer. So come on, just go inside her, then pass the super warm box to the UPS guy. Get that box nice and warm before you hand it back to me. I'll even close my eyes while you do it. I see you peeking. Oh, my God. Wait, how many of you are there? It's okay. We're just here to watch. We're friendly like minions. So go ahead and unleash. Stop saying unleash. Would it help if you knew their names? No. That's Kylie, Victor, Neil, and Siobhan. We can't wait to see you unleash. Uh... <laughs> I mean, making it into a mouth poop fetish. Hard to forget. It's got its moments. I'm actually good. I just remembered that I, I screened for colon cancer last year. So. And you wouldn't be lying to us, right? No, no, no of course not. Because we can also detect liars. Now drop your pants, blow out his box, and this will all be over. Just do what the little boxes say to do. Uh, I'll give you what you want. Just please don't kill me. Man. Is Woody okay? Oh I know he smokes a ton of weed, but I'm really starting to worry about him. Uh, all right, let's um, head inside, give him some privacy. Actually, uh, I'm going to stay. I'm going to watch him unleash. Ugh. So, yeah, uh, there you go. Like, like uh, you know, a, a poop fetish Cola Guard commercial. And 
to me, part of big pharma, part of big pharma. All right. Next up, I have a clip of Mark Wahlberg um, with his Ash Wednesday on. I'm not a really religious guy, but I think there's a, there's a lot of things that I think that are important that Wahlberg says here. And I also think there's an important thing said by the news reporter who I normally think is absolutely terrible. It's, it's the acknowledgement that she be scrolling too much and maybe Instagram isn't that productive. Now, that's why I don't have social media on my phone. The only thing I have on my phone that is social media is guess what? Twitter. And that's a huge source of, like I wouldn't have found that story of the um, three different factories that are related to each other, but not related to each other going on fire on Thursday. I mean, I find a lot, I wouldn't have found that story of nine uh, individuals suffering from gunshot wounds, including a five-year-old child. Wouldn't found any of those stories if it weren't for Twitter. Are you finding that on Instagram? Or are you finding fake Epstein lists and flight logs? Ask yourself that, right? So let's play Wahlberg here over on the Today Show. Important thing to understand is if you have, first of all, if you have issues with food, there are other things. God knows the things that he wants you to detach from. Mm. You know, we all know those things that are, are, you know, make us feel guilty, don't make us feel as good as we should. So being able to detach from those things and focus on, you know, good habits as opposed to bad habits. So there are, there are challenges for fasting. Like today, I won't have any meat. I'll have one meal today and I'll do that every Friday throughout Lent and Good Friday. Let's stop with the, with the meat. I, I think it's important to reflect on what he just said there. I, I believe that to its core that we all have aspects of ourselves that we wish were better, okay? We all do things that we go reflect on and go, oh man, that doesn't make me feel so good I'm doing that. I am guilty of that as much as anybody else. And, and, I, and again, I thrive to be a better person when I can be a better person. And, and you can always be a better person. Like even this weekend, man, I'm sitting there like yesterday, I, by the way, got no sleep last night because I end up watching all these fights over the weekends. I go to sleep late. I, you know, I wake up even later and then in turn because I'm, I'm thinking about all these different stories. You know, is it worth my day yesterday sitting around watching the food that built America, right? A fictionalized version of how cornflakes and, and Kellogg's gotten in post got into existence? Probably not. Now there has to be some kind of enjoyment, I, I'm, you know, and, and, and some kind of relax, but I, I, I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I didn't do more, anything really constructive yesterday. Now I I've done worse things. I've done better things, but at the same time, I acknowledge that it is something that, you know, I kind of reflect on and I wish I was doing better. But um, just challenging people to be better versions of themselves. It's ultimately. interesting because I was telling you before, you know, I grew up in a, a faith background, but not Catholic. So mm -hmm. I have never given up something for Lent. Yeah. This year I did. Now, because I'm not a good Catholic, I thought it was last week. So I actually started last Wednesday. Well, so you got a head start. Overachieving. Yes, but That's I decided I, I gave up Instagram just because I thought, you know what? I'd like to use the time I might be just scrolling to be doing something else more yeah. reflective and thoughtful. And I, I found Lent to be interesting because it doesn't have to mean deprivation. It can just mean choosing something else that serves you and connects you to your faith and your community better. Yes, yeah, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. 
How many out there scrolling? How many be scrolling today? Scroll them in, scroll them up, scroll them down, scroll them over. Scroll you, man. And look, again, I'm not trying to judge, but I can't tell you how many people over the last five, six, seven years, I've just Snapchat, Instagram, stories, Facebook, reels. That's what I don't watch. I don't watch stories. I don't watch reels. You know, I, I, I don't TikTok. I'm not, I'm not talking. No TikToking over here. No TikToking. Now, listen, if you're making a living or you're utilizing those in, in the right manners, if you're not obsessed, if you're not scrolling for hours a day, good for you. So many people are. So many people are. And ultimately, I just think it gives me uh, discipline has always been important for me in life. Once I started getting movies and transitioned from music, I realized I needed a lot of discipline in my life. And that discipline has afforded me so many other things. And I've been rewarded for it so much. And I want to share that with people. So whether that's with fasting, working out more, detaching from other things and just spending more time with God in prayer or in thoughtful reflection. And those things are important. So uh, and listen, discipline is the biggest thing, right? You you got to be able to make a deadline. Okay, you've got to be able to set a goal and then try as hard as you can to get there, period. And if someone allots you an opportunity to achieve that goal and it takes some discipline, yeah, you need to start disciplining yourself. Discipline doesn't always feel good, isn't always easy, but it becomes easier and it becomes ingrained. And, and you not only learn to live with it, and appreciate it, you actually learn to love it and thrive with it because of the things that it allots you. And look, I used to goof on Marky Mark all the time, the funky bunch, you know, that feel the vibration, right? When I, I remember watching him transition into an actor, remember like the, the Boogie Nights was a big one, but then he was also, I went and saw that in the theater, didn't love Boogie Nights, by the way. Um, the, the big one for me was when they did the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. One of the few Tim Burtons, ugh, I just didn't like it. Well, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but some, I mean, there's some great Tim Burton movies out there. Big fan of Beetlejuice. His two Batmans, mwah, they stand up to this day. They're entertaining, even though they're cartoony, the right kind of cartoony, in my opinion. Sleepy Hollow, really fun movie for me. A unexpectedly fun movie. Really love Sleepy Hollow. You know, so... Tim Burton's a guy I, I, I can appreciate, right? And didn't love the Marky Mark performance. But I'll tell you right now, something I do like about Marky Mark. I like Wahlberger's pickles. Now, if you had told me, oh, so many years ago, that Mark Wahlberg and his family would be involved in the production of what I say is the most solid and delicious pickle of its day, I would have never believed you. But until you've had a Wahlburgers pickle, okay, and whether it's regular, which has a little bit like of a sweet tart taste at the end that you don't get in most pickles, I like. I like their hot pickles with a little bit of spice. Mwah! It's a good pickle or pickle chip. You can't go wrong. I will continue to endorse them. I actually, I had my uh, first Wahlburgers burger with uh, Criston T. Harris of the Rundown Live. 
uh, some months ago, and it was an enjoyable one. So good for you, Marky Mark. Good for you, sir. Let's continue on with this uh, positive Marky Mark message. Your faith means so much to you. Mm. Do you have you always talked about it or did you feel I at have. some point like, okay, I have a platform here and I just want to share this part of my journey? I have. You know, it's, it's a balance. I don't want to jam it down anybody's throat, yeah. but I do not deny my faith. That's, that's an even bigger sin. You know, it's not popular in my uh, industry. But, you know, I cannot deny my faith. It's important for me to share that with people. But I have friends from all walks of life and, and all different types of faiths and religions. So, you know, it's important to respect and honor them as well. Yeah. What does it mean to you, your faith? Oh, it's everything. It really has. It's it's afforded me so many things. Obviously, you know, God didn't come to save the saints. He came to save the sinners. We've all had things and issues in our lives, and we want to be better versions of ourselves. And through focusing my faith, it's allowed me to do that. And I know people, a lot of people have been challenged with COVID and everything else. I mean, I was away from people and church and community and connection for a long time. But, you know, with people who are wearing masks and they want to, you know, stay away from each other, we want to bring people together. Community is a big part. of. I like that. I like that. Now, again, get away from any of the religious stuff there, which I also think is positive that he's like, look, not big in my industry to talk about my faith. Don't care. Not many guys as big as as Mark Wahlberg that are openly Christian. Not many guys out there in Hollywood talking about bringing people together and getting the masks off. Right. You know, especially when we talk about what? Being out in New York, you know that SVA story? Let's go play that right now. Hi, my name is Imoya Monroe. We're outside the School of Visual Arts, where the screening of the SAG, the SAG Awards for 2023 is happening. The members in line, they're able to enter and see the screening the unvaccinated members we're not able to we're not able to get exemptions we're not able to work and we cannot see the screenings yet we have to pay the dues they've been harassing us to pay the dues and we cannot have any benefits from the union this is ridiculous duncan crabtree has been promoting the new world order and he has been ignoring us He's getting a million dollars payment salary from the union and whatever other payments from outside, we don't know. We need him to step down. We're being discriminated against in New York and in LA. It's happening, yet those members don't even pay attention to what's going on. It's, it's, it's like Nuremberg 2.0 will happen again and they will regret it. I don't see Nuremberg 2.0. I don't see it happening. I don't know. Maybe they'll burn one or two people. Maybe they'll burn 30 to 50 like they did in Nuremberg 1. But you think they're going to burn this system? Hell no. They love their command and control. They're, they love their biomedical fascist, fascistic tyranny. They love it. Guys, you're on the wrong side of the history. Boycott this screening. The unvaccinated members of SAG were paying dues and we cannot attend. If you do go in there, please do something when you leave. Call SAG and protest against this. It's wrong vaccinated members of the union. And, and you know, again, uh, the, the segregation is still real in this country. Okay, and they still want to shoot your kids up with hate and lies. They're still telling you to boost it up. 
to Boosty McBoost. Thank you. Uh, no, thank you. No, thank you. Okay. Uh, a few other stories I wanted to hit. Oh, okay. Scott Adams and his uh, rant about helping black people, hate groups, all this other stuff. You know, I don't like getting in the racial issues. And I'm really not going to. I'm going to say this. I've never trusted nor really um, loved what Scott Adams had to say. He's a cartoonist. Now, obviously, talented guy, a guy who's been able to do what most artists can't, and that's get extremely rich off of his idea, right? And that is commendable. But when I hear blanket statements about races, even if you're referring to polls, et cetera, et cetera, and you're done helping a certain group of people based on the color of their skin, I mean, it sounds so hyperbolic and so intentional to keep a narrative going. It doesn't surprise me when Elon Musk or nuts comes to your aid. All right. And, and is the media completely bigoted and racist? Yeah, it sure is. Wow. No kidding. No. Yeah, sure. Is. They want to push this shit. It's terrible. It's awful. I, I dislike it so much. And, you know, I was thinking about it. You know, what groups of people have I supported, cheered for? tried to work with. And guess what, folks? In every single instance, whether it was for work purposes, pleasure purposes, somewhere in between, it never had to do anywhere or anything with race. Let me give you some examples. When, as a young man, I began to watch sports and baseball in particular, I enjoyed the Yankees. So I cheered for the Yankees. I promoted the Yankees. I wore Yankee gear. All right? And guess what? Through the years, there were different players that you kind of admired, right? 80s era for me, like the, the two big ones on the Yankees at the time would be what? Don Mattingly and Ricky Henderson. White guy, black guy, didn't think much of it. Just knew those guys were the guys on the team that didn't suck because the Yankees sucked in the 80s. At least when I started watching them. Awful. Terrible. The Mets were the team in the mid to late 80s, actually. And again, well, who? what did I know about the Mets? I knew they were from New York. I cheered for them. And I know I knew Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Gooden, Keith Hernandez, all great. I mean, they had a great, great lineup. But those, though, I knew those were the all stars. Nothing to do with skin color. Nothing to do with skin color at all. So, so let let's move it on, right to um, 9/11, right? Let's let's talk about activism. Forget about just like work, because because when you're talking about work. Um, through, throughout, I would say individuals that I've wanted to work with and do stuff with, they're productive. I don't care about the color of their skin ever, ever. It's never even been a thing. Okay. I just, it, it really bothers me when they bring these things up. But again, 9-11. After 
gaining some notoriety via loose change. I spoke at all sorts of um, different events. For instance, I spoke at a um, a, a tax event, basically um, one that was in line with federal income tax being illegal for most people. Okay, nothing to do with anybody's color of their skin, nothing to even do with their politics, gender, any of it. Just the idea that we've been lied to about 9-11 and the military industrial complex was corrupt. It's a lot like what I, I saw over at the Rage Against the War Machine rally. Couldn't give a rat's ass politically who you're affiliated with or what the color of your skin is. I'm against war. Right? And there's just so many countless of examples like why I, I like something. It never has to do with, with race. Right? I've never said, boy, I love that that movie because of the race of the people in it. Ridiculous. Or I like this one better than that one because it had black or Hispanic people in it or it had Asian people in it or it had more white people in it. Dumb. Dumb. As dumb as it gets. Right? I mean, <laughs> can you imagine if, like, that, I mean, it's what people relate to. Right. I like a lot of slapstick humor. Woody Harrelson, I was thinking about it today. He's in one of the most underrated comedy films of all time, in my opinion, Kingpin, the dominant bowling comedy movie. It just owns Lebowski in every way for me. Sorry, Cohen brothers. Sorry, I'm a Farley brothers guy. Oh my goodness. He went against the norm. You know what? He must be a bigot. After all, I believe the Cohen brothers I believe they're Jewish, and I don't think the Farley brothers are. So <clears throat> me liking that one obviously makes me a bigot. Ridiculous. Like unbelievably ridiculous. So look, I hate these divisive talking points. I hate talking about white America or black America or Hispanic America. It's just America to me, just like it's one planet to me. It's one species of human beings. Okay, that's another reason I really liked uh, Wahlberg's message there, because, again, it was coming across different religions, different viewpoints. That's what we need to do more of. Right. That That's what I feel like I want to do more of in my life. I want to have more conversations with people that might disagree with me and come with the goods like I like I want to have the conversation with this guy who's over at the blaze who's um, saying on, on the on the radio or whatever shows there are there that, uh, you know, that, that we, uh, he, let me get the exact quote. Let me see if we can find it. Um, see if I can find it where it is. Probably not, but we'll see in a minute. Thumbs it up, subscribe, and share if you're watching on a replay. And I do want to thank everybody who has come over to uh, Red Voice Media and subscribed. Big deal to me, guys. A huge deal to me. Uh, you know what? I can't, I can't find it. Chris Comedian. Let's, uh, let's in this final segment, enjoy again, a, a little bit more Donnie T and uh, SNL and Trump, because I, I thought that this was actually pretty damn spot on. You're watching C-SPAN. Up next, former President Trump addresses residents of East Palestine, Ohio, following this month's train derailment. 
wonderful to be here in the town of East Palestine. Not a great name. <laughs> but uh, I had to come here and see these wonderful people who have been abandoned by Biden. Now, I know that Alec Baldwin had more of the sourpuss face, but he's got that whole, you know, I shot and killed somebody thing going on. This guy's voice and his mannerisms are off the charts. And again, this is a young guy. They got him in the neck makeup. They've made him a little, you know, his, obviously his facial structure is a little bit different. But close your eyes and tell me that Trump couldn't be saying all these words. He's on spring break in Ukraine with his friend Zelensky in the T-shirt. Very disrespectful. <laughs> Zelensky thinks he's rocking that ring of tea like Scott Pilgrim. But I'm here and I brought hats, cameras and hats, because it's terrible what's happening here. You know, earlier today, a farmer came up to me, big fella, and he said, sir, we have nothing to eat because our dirt is poison. And I said, well, what are you doing eating the dirt? Don't eat the dirt, folks. Don't eat the dirt. You should be eating the cold McDonald's I brought you. And the bottled water, Trump ice. I'll be honest, I just put my sticker on some Dasani. We like to say Dasani. I've heard all about your situation with the water, but I was looking at your river and it's so shiny. I've never seen water so beautiful. Beautiful rainbows and discolorations. It's great. I mean, and the other thing is that this is kind of an apolitical issue, right? And and I and I like that SNL is actually highlighting the fact that they don't care about these people in East Palestine and they, they've made a big joke of it. Right. And obviously they're kind of mocking Trump here, but they're not going with the regular. He's a bigot stuff. And they actually make fun of the Georgia girl. That's supposedly the foreman. I mean, they they don't. I feel like they portray that person worse than they portray Trump in this by far. It's wearing makeup. Fenty beauty water. <laughs> Fenty by Rihanna. Rihanna, by the way, you know, she was pregnant doing Super Bowl. Can you believe that? I said, of course she is. She's not moving at all. Just arms, right? She was just doing arms the whole time. But your train exploded, and who do we blame? Who do we blame? We blame Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg. This was his responsibility. Unfortunately, he was too busy being a nerd and being gay. Dealt with the very much more important issue of should trains have big poison? And... I have to tell you, I call him Pete Butt. I call him Pete Butt. There's no way around it. That's just the best one. <laughs> Believe me, I've tried it every which way, and it really doesn't get better than Pete Butt. <laughs> but this would have never happened under my administration. People are saying I made the trains less safe. Not true, okay? Not true. A lot for trains. I made them bigger, faster, less safe, perhaps. But... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on. They can... You've got to admit that this guy is is pretty spot on on the Trump scheme. You're paying my respects because your train exploded and now your birds and fish are all dead. That's got to not be so great to wake up in the morning and not hear the beautiful chirping of birds and instead hear trains exploding and derailing all over the place. Your town is hurting. That's why you need me. I feel like I could shit creek this place, right? <laughs> But I need the big eyebrows, right? That guy, Shit's Creek, he's got big eyebrows. 
You watch Shit's Creek? No, you guys watch Yellowstone, right? The Duckies. Anyway, I have a very very special surprise guest for you today. You've seen her blabbing all over TV this week. It's the foreman of the Georgia Grand Jury investigating me, Miss Emily Coors. Oh, my God. This is so cool. First Giuliani and now you. Good day. (laughs) She's an odd duck, but we like her. She's either seven or 40. We can't tell. And she's got a very big secret for such a kooky little lady. Potentially. <laughs> this new, I mean, this this, uh, I, I think this person's pretty new. Maybe, maybe she's been around a couple seasons. I don't know. Um, it does a great job. And but again, I feel like they mock her more than they mock Trump. And really, uh, they almost honor Trump because that's a that's spot on, spot on. That's that. Come on, give credit where credits due. Impersonation, folks. I hope you have enjoyed today's reality rants. I want to remind everybody we do it Monday through Thursday. But if you're a paying customer, you already know that. We're kicking out the jams four days a week here. I want to remind everybody it is not about left or right. It is always about right and wrong. I absolutely love you guys. Sorry about the technical hiccups in the beginning. But I'll see you tomorrow morning on the flip side.